Well, today we're in the, we're moving into the book of Acts chapter 4. So we're going to begin at verse 1 and it's going to go um, 1 through 12. Hallelujah. You just don't want to, don't want to go for me. Let's see. All right, so Acts chapter 4. You want to put that up there? You got verse. Oh, see, I'm skipping the memory verse because I can't open my file. <laughs> what was the memory verse from last week? We're waiting to see if you remember. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. You see what I'm saying? How scary you are? <laughs> now you got me all red and flustered, Dwayne. <laughs> well, there it is. It's on my phone. I'll just preach to my phone today. That way I can walk around. Okay, so the memory verse last week, you weren't here, is what? I know it. It's one of my favorites. Psalms 107, 19 and 20. Psalms 107, 19, 20. Can anybody tell me what that is? <laughs> well, that's it. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Take a picture of that so you, got, you memorize that. I'm telling you, I'm giving you scriptures right now that are for healing, that you would be healed in the name of Jesus, amen? So this week's scripture takes off from here, and it's John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Who is the Word? Who did he send he sent the word to heal us of all disease. So who did he send to heal us of all disease? Jesus. Right. So Jesus has been sent to heal all disease. And what we do is we cry out to God. I need help. How many of you need some help? Huh? Amen. So we should be, we should be crying right now. Come on, God. Help me out. <laughs> say so amen the redeemed of the lord how many of you have been redeemed by jesus amen the power of the blood of jesus so we can say so you can take the word and you can say it speak it believe it receive it and let it heal you in jesus name so today we're um, into acts chapter four and I titled it Being Arrested. How many of you have ever been arrested for preaching the gospel? Nobody? I was close once. I was in a, in a place where they, they didn't allow preaching the word of God. I was in this different country. And they knew I was there. And so they came to arrest me. So they hid me in the attic above the sanctuary. 
So I was hiding in the attic, and while I was in the attic, um, they searched the whole place. Now, the attic door was, you know, there was a wall here, there, were, there was a desk right there, the wall, and the attic door was in the wall above the desk. So we jumped on the chair, jumped on the desk, jumped into the attic, four of us, three Americans and one Chinese guy. Well, that lets you know where I'm at. <laughs> oh, I don't need this. I got my phone. And as we were, we were hiding in there, and there was, you know, um, those ceiling vents for air conditioning? Well, it was missing. So we watched them search the room below. And we were watching them, and they never looked up. And then the, the room where the attic door was, they searched it. They opened all the drawers, and there was cabinets there. They opened all the cabinets and everything, and they looked in there, and they couldn't find us. But they never opened the attic door. For some reason, God blinded their eyes to that door to where they couldn't see it. And we were in the attic just trying to be quiet and not laugh, you know, because we were joking around. I mean, we should have been afraid, but we weren't, you know. I told my friend I was going to push him out. If they opened the door, I was going to push him out as a tithe. <laughs> you know, so, was, and then I started coughing. I mean, I'm in a dusty old attic. I started coughing and my friends are looking at me. They're like, what are you doing? You know, and so my friend, he just stuck his hand to a backpack and he pulled out a cough drop and he handed it to me. My other friend had a little bit of water and I took a drink and took away the cough. But they, uh, they searched that room twice, two different sets of officers, and they never opened the attic door. The Lord blinded them from seeing that door. And it's just incredible, you know, and... Uh, they finally took the pastors down to the jail. And after, after they had taken them to the jail, they beat them. Because he, the, uh, it was a father and son. And when they came back, the son came back. He said, they hit me, they kicked me. I not give you up. Hallelujah, 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 man. I'm, I'm standing there, I'm crying, I'm tore up, man. This guy took a beating for me. And he was excited to take the beating. He, it was like biblical times, man. This guy was... Uh, he was just on fire and they smuggled us out of town late at night and and then we took a train home but it was a it was a nervous moment you know I mean my one friend that was with me he was really really scared and because we were sitting in the train station and there's a lot of people that have never seen a white person and so they would stand there and they would stare at us Delonda can tell you the times that people have just stared at her, you know, and we hiked the Great Wall one time and somebody came and, and, and looked at Delonda and, and then said, would you hold my baby and take a picture with me? So 45 minutes we were taking pictures on the Great Wall of China with Delonda and, and all these families and stuff because, they, you know, they'd never seen it. One kid was walking one day and he saw Delonda. We were in Tiananmen Square and he stopped. And the whole family behind him plowed into him. And he's like, look. <laughs> we, we just laughed because he was just in, in awe. Like, look at that. And he started crying. And, you know, it was uh, pretty funny. But, you know, when you're in places that people never seen, my friend got freaked out. He, he went and he sat facing the wall where nobody could stand in front of him and look at him. He's like, I can't do this, Ron. I said, okay. 
I'll let you know when it's time. But uh, crazy stuff, huh? So Acts chapter 4, being arrested. And we're going to read verses 1 through 12. If you'd stand with me, please, for the reading of the word. Now, as they spoke, remember, you know, they just healed that guy in chapter 3. The healing happened, major miracle. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees come upon them. And being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them, put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by whom this man stands here before you whole, this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other. For there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come into this time, your word, I pray that our hearts would be renewed today. I pray that, Lord, we'd be encouraged by your word. I pray, Father God, that you would do a supernatural work in each one of us. Lord, that we would have an understanding of what is being said here. Lord, that we would hear and declare the word of God today. And Lord, and that it would just be life-changing, transformation. God, that as we leave here today, we leave differently than we come in. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So here, here we're confronted with people that don't believe in Jesus, that didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And, you know, it talks, it really stressed the Sadducees in there. See, they were sad, you see, because, a little joke there. <laughs> they were sad in the sense that they did not believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe there was going to be a resurrection. So these guys are preaching, Peter is preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that he was resurrected and they didn't believe it. So being confronted with the resurrection and a miracle did not work for them. This is why they were so angry and this is why they were arrested. Now, when confronted with something that you don't believe in, Seeing it happen, it either changes your thought process or you deny it happened, even though you can see it. Now, Jesus declared, he said, you know, to Timothy, when he was raised from the dead, he told Timothy, he said, Timothy, you believe because you see, but how blessed are those that are going to believe that haven't seen. And we're that. We are those 
those that believe, even though we haven't seen it. Amen? And uh, um, the religious rulers of that day didn't want to believe it because it would have to, it would change everything they were doing. It would change the way they did things and they didn't want to change. Now, how many of you know people that don't want to change? I think we all know people that don't want to change. And they didn't want to change because if they changed, they would have to admit that Jesus was the Messiah and it would change the way that, the, that things were done. And in the same way, people today, you know, if they begin to, to see miracles and they see things happen, they would have to believe in Jesus. And a lot of people don't want to because they're stuck in their way of living. They're, they're stuck in their way of doing things. Many people want to finish the junk in their life that they're doing before they confess Jesus is Lord. They want to continue. They think, well, I got time. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to live my way so that, you know, and then when I'm done and I want to settle down, then I'll confess Jesus is Lord. But it doesn't work that way. What if you die in your junk? What if you don't make it till, till you finish your junk? What if you're not able to confess Jesus till, you know, before you die? Then where do you think you're going to go? That was a question for real. Hell, okay, thank you, Susan. <laughs> you see, you got to know, if you don't confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you won't go to heaven. It's not an option. For me, it's not an option. You've got to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord. Everybody say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. See, we need to get people to the point that they make that decision. We need to share with people that Jesus is Lord. He's the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. Amen? That's the bottom line. We need Jesus. Everybody say that with me. We need Jesus. The world needs Jesus. Amen? In order to accomplish this, we need to, as Peter did, walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to walk in that power, that dunamis power. And when we, when we walk in that power, you'll receive boldness. You'll be so bold that you'll be like, wow, who was that guy? You know, because you'll go out and you'll talk to people and you'll share and you'll be like, well, I can't believe I did that. You know, and then you'll, you'll start doing it. Because when that boldness comes upon you, that desire for people to go to heaven will grow in you. You'll start having a desire for people to know Jesus and you'll start sharing your life with them. You'll start sharing the love of God with them because your desire is that they go to Jesus. That boldness will rise up inside of you when you step out and it'll be amazing for you. I'm telling you right now, that boldness will just flow and you'll be able to, you know, when you're, when you're able to just let the spirit move from you, Words will just flow out. You know, you'll start talking and, and then things will just come. They'll just flow out of your mouth. I remember I, I was in Peru one time and I met the head of the AG there, the Assemblies of God there. And he, he talked to me for a bit because I wanted to meet him. He was a new guy that I didn't know. And so I, I talked to him and stuff and he goes, okay, I'm going to give you an hour and a half. I, I, I said, for what? He says, well, I want you to go preach for an hour and then I want you to pray for everybody in a half hour. I'm like, when? He goes, well, I'm gonna go open up in prayer and introduce you. I said, right now. 
And he goes, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but when I opened my mouth, the Holy Spirit filled it. And Pastor Otto was translating for me. He says, you went from zero to 100 in 10 seconds and you never let up. And God moved so powerfully, just letting the Holy Spirit move. And I'm telling you right now, I believe this 150%. I, I don't know, my grandson, he, his grades are 110%. I'm like, how, how, does, how, do you get, how do you go above 100? She goes, I haven't figured it out yet. Her, his mom, I haven't figured it out yet, but he's at 110% on his grades. The kid's really smart. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll go above and beyond. When you let him move in you. See, the only thing that limits the Holy Spirit is us. Because, you know, we stand there and we say, oh, I wonder what would happen if I prayed for that person. That's not you. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Maybe you ought to pray for that person. Well, what if nothing happens? Well, you keep going. You keep going. Go to the next person. You know, but they... They wanted to know in whose name they did the miracle. Whose name did they do the miracle? And one of the, one big issue is that the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the priests, they couldn't do miracles. They weren't doing miracles. They weren't walking in the power of God. See, and that's where a lot of church has gotten to today, that we're not walking in the power of God to do miracles, to do signs and wonders and miracles. But God wants us to do that. Can I hear an amen? amen? God wants America to be filled with miracles. You know, and I know there's some walking miracles in here. I look at Monica sitting back there. 10 days ago, she had hip replacement surgery and she's in church today. 10 days ago, oh my gosh. That's so awesome. It just, it's great. And I, I believe those Pharisees, those priests, they were, they were probably wondering, Scott, did we kill the Messiah? See, that would just ruin them. Did we just kill, you know, the Messiah because of what he could do? What the name of Jesus means, what the name of Jesus brings, you know, and these guys are thinking, did we just kill him? That's just my thinking, because I'd be thinking that, did, I, did we, oh, did we mess up? <laughs> you know, but then you don't want to admit you don't want to admit you messed up. Nobody ever wants to admit that we made a mistake. You know, we, we, we just want to stay neutral. It's like, you know, even when the mistake's pointed out, you know, Delonda says, I deflect. Is that what you tell me? I deflect. Because if she points out a mistake, I mean, I deflect and I go around my mistake to maybe something that she did. I see all the wives laughing and, and husbands. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm trying not to do that anymore. I'm trying to just suck it up and keep running. <laughs> do you remember when they asked Jesus about John the Baptist? If they had believed, you know, they asked, Who do you, who's John to you? You know, who's, who's this Baptist? Who, and, and, he said, I'll answer this question. If you could tell me who John, was John the Baptist sent from God? 
So they talked about it amongst themselves. If we admit that John the Baptist was from God, we'd have to admit that he was the prophet sent to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. They would have to declare that John was that guy that was making the way for Jesus. And so they said, you know, they put on their dummy cap and they said, we don't know. Because they didn't want to admit it. They didn't want to lose what they'd gained. They'd gained popularity, they'd gained money, they'd gained riches, and they didn't want to lose that. And they thought they would lose everything um, because they um, admitted who John was. If they admitted who Jesus was, they'd lose things. And they didn't want to do that. Their lives would have to change. I know a lady that used to run a food ministry and a Muslim man came to the food ministry to get food. And she prayed, you know, he was on crutches. And so she witnessed to him for a bit. And when she was done sharing Jesus with him, she said, you know, why don't we pray, you know, that your leg would be healed? And he said, well, I'm a Muslim. You know, and she said, okay, well, why don't we pray in the name of Muhammad that your leg be healed? So they prayed for him in the name of Muhammad and nothing happened. And she said, okay, now let's pray in the name of Jesus. And so she prayed for him in the name of Jesus and he was healed. He got up and he ran around. And she said, now do you want to give your life to Jesus? And he said, no, if I give my life to Jesus, I'm a Muslim. You know, they'll kick me out of the family. I'll lose everything. I won't have anything. I'll be homeless. They, they won't do anything. See, and that's the thing. People are so afraid about what they're gonna lose if they come to Jesus. They are narrow-minded in the thinking that what if I come to Jesus, how much better is life gonna be? They don't think about, look at what I'm going to gain by coming to Jesus. Look at the benefits of serving God. Look at what Jesus has done for me already. Look at what I, who I can be in Christ. We don't think that way. We think about, oh, what we're going to lose. If I commit my life to Jesus, I won't, be, I won't be able to do this. I won't be able to do that. I won't be this. But when we come to Jesus, we take on the benefit package of serving Jesus. Amen. You know, my, my son-in-law works for the University of Louisville. And I, th I think I told you a few weeks ago, the benefits that he got with it, Robert, all his kids get to go to the University of Louisville for free. For free. All of them. He's like, I'm going to be there for the next 20 years. Because <laughs> the little guy is only seven. But that's the thing. You get, you get the benefits of the kingdom. Everybody say benefits. benefits. That's what we receive when we go all in with Jesus. When we stop, I prayed a prayer before service started. And, and it says this. Uh, I know it says it here somewhere. Elijah came near to all the people. First Kings 18, 21. Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you go limping between two different opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. 
Nobody wanted to say anything at that point because they'd been playing both sides of the fence. They'd been going with differing opinions. They'd been serving in the world. They'd been serving Baal. They'd been serving God. And so we got to get off the fence. We can't serve both. Amen. We got to stop serving the world. and We got to go all in with Jesus. We got to serve Jesus with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. And then watch what he does. Amen. Watch what happens because you believe. Amen. Amen. So not everyone wants to say yes to Jesus because of what they have to give up. They think they have to give up. They want to just stay in their stuff and and do their thing. And then, as I said earlier, when they're done playing around, then give their life to Jesus. It could be too late. Look towards God and see what he has for you. We don't, go, we don't go all in with Jesus when we look at what we might have to give up, what we might have to repent of. We don't go in with Jesus because of that. A lot of people stay back because, well, I'll have to quit drinking. I'll have to quit doing this. I'll have to quit doing that. I'll have to quit smoking my pot. I'll have to, you know, not be this way anymore. And, and that scares people. Because those are things in the world are what we hold on to as, as our comfort mechanisms. And uh, we need to live and breathe the name above every name, Jesus. He's got to be the focus of our lives. Amen. He wants to be the focus of our lives. Um, Jesus is the only way to heaven. In verse 12, he said, nor is there salvation in any other For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes to the Father but through Jesus. Amen? You have to be born again. You have to commit your life to Jesus. Commit your life to Jesus and then, you know, let him do the work in you. See, when I came to Jesus, I, I said, right here at this altar, I said, Lord, if you take away my smoking, my drinking, my foul mouth, I'll serve you. I need that. Never did it again. I'm good. But then he worked on everything else. You know, he worked on my marriage, which, you know, was terrible at the time. And he changed us. He changed our hearts for one another and put the love in there. And it was just amazing. But it's, it just meant we did, he, he didn't do it all at once. He didn't go, oh, your marriage is healed. Oh, he no, man, it took me, took me, Five and a half years of teaching a marriage class in the church to get my marriage down. They asked me to do a marriage class. I'm like, you know, my marriage ain't that good. And I said, uh, I went to Corona High. I didn't go to college, you know. How am I going to teach this marriage class? I don't do it very well. And they said, well, buy you any books you want, but you've got to write it. I'm like, oh, boy. The joy. Delonda loved it because five and a half years of teaching marriage, I learned how to be a married man. I learned how to love my wife. And God did a supernatural work in our marriage from doing it. So it, it doesn't all happen at once. I think if, if God showed us everything that was going to happen once you got saved, we'd probably be a little scared because you can't imagine that life could be that good. I can't imagine life could be that good. 
But that's what God does when we come to him with our whole heart and we surrender to him and we say, Jesus, I'm all in. I'm all in. You know, and then when we, when we say, I'm all in with him, then he can begin to use you in a powerful way. He can begin to let those gifts flow out of you like you've never could imagine. But when you, when you come to Jesus, he says what? He says, he'll forgive you of all your sins and he'll heal you of all your disease. Isn't that right? Bless the Lord, all my soul. But people, when, you, when you're out in the world, they, they, don't, they don't see that. What they see is, well, then how come am I, I'm sick? I came to Jesus, why am I sick? I surrendered to Jesus, why do I have these pains? I came to Jesus and my life is miserable. They declare, they look at the negative instead of what Jesus has for us. And as long as we can keep confessing the negative over our lives, we'll not experience the positive things that God has for us. Right. I mean, it's like when we go around, we say, well, I'm addicted. Show me that in the Bible. This is not, that's not what he's, he wants us to profess. You may have been addicted, but when you come to Jesus, now you start professing what? I'm free. I've been remade. Amen. I've been born again. He made me a new person. I'm a new creation. All things are passed away and all things become what? New. new. You see, and I know that we get stuck on, well, I, I, I still don't feel good. I still got these physical problems. But stop professing what you, you have and profess what God says you have. See, when we change our thinking is what we've got to do. We've got to change our thinking. I look at my brother Scott, and, and you know he's always so encouraging to talk to you because I know Scott has a lot of pain in his in his life. Not you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. <laughs> but you know, you've lived in pain for years. And I know other people that have lived in pain for years. But yet you keep pressing into God. You keep growing and confessing and saying and, and declaring what God says about you than what Amen. you feel. I mean, all the time. And that's what is so encouraging because I know what he's going through. And I say, Scott, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm doing good. You know, that's the confession of his mouth. He declares it out of his mouth. And that's what we need to do. We need to stop talking like the world, stop talking our feelings and start declaring the Lord. Talk about Jesus, amen. Declare the word of the Lord over your life that by his stripes you're what? Healed. Healed. You've gone through a lot, Don Maurice. You've gone through tons of stuff. He's healed you. Amen. You need to share that testimony one day. She went through a ton of stuff. Even your other daughter, Monica, went through what fibromyalgia and lupus, and the Lord healed her one Sunday. It's healable, amen. But when we look at our circumstances of life and we get stuck in that, and that's what we profess. That's what we stay with. And we need to get unstuck. We need to move on into what God says. We need to start decreeing and declaring what God says, amen? Getting that going in our life. 
You know, the, the word declares in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Everybody say all. All. You know, I was sitting back over where you were, Darlene, one night after I'd come to the Lord and, and the Lord told me, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's all he told me, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So I started praying over that. And as I was praying, I thought, that sounds like a scripture. So I went, I know how to use my concordance. I went to the back of the Bible and I found righteousness and, and I found Matthew 6, And I went to it and I said, it read, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I said, Lord, you, you didn't tell me the second half. You didn't tell me all these things would be added unto you. I said, why didn't you tell me that? And he said, because I want you focused on seeking me first and my righteousness. See, because we lose sight of things when we think we're going to get something, you know, and God just wants us to focus on him. Amen. He wants us to be dead on with him and uh, watch what happens. I get it. I set my heart on seeking God. I set my heart on praying. I begin to change. My marriage got healed, restored, and redeemed, and God began to move in us. And, you know, Pastor Dave, he used to say to me, he said, I never knew that God would use you in the world the way that he does. He had no idea, you know, and I didn't either because I never wanted to go anywhere. <laughs> I'm good with Corona. <laughs> but then I, I, God told me one time, he said, I want you to go where you're invited. I said, yes, Lord. You know, and it was easy to say yes, because I thought, who's going to invite me anywhere? I'm just some, you know, I was the associate pastor here, young adults pastor in Corona. Who's going to invite me anywhere? That's what I really thought. I thought, I'm not going anywhere, because I hated flying. <laughs> I did. Now I like it. I know I rest, I relax. But you know, God developed you for a plan and we need to get God's perspective on things and not our own we need to stop thinking about what we're going to have to give up if we go all in if we say yes to the Lord I know Delonda used to say oh man missions man I know God's going to send me to Africa I'm going to live in a mud hut you know she used to think that. Now she loves to go to Africa. First time she went to Africa, though, man, what did she see? Mud huts. <laughs> but let's, let's stop looking from the position of the Pharisee. Let's stop looking through their perspective. And let's start looking through Peter's perspective. What, he, what God has for you what God has stored up for you, God's plan for you. Let's look for the eternal purpose instead of living for the moment. Our world is living for the moment right now, moment to moment, and we need to start living from the eternal perspective of what God has called us to, amen? God has created you with his purpose in mind. I wanna read Matthew 6.33 from the Amplified Version. You put that one up. But seek first and most importantly, but first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom 
his righteousness, his way of being right, way of doing and being right, the attitude and the character of God. And all these things will be given to you also. See, he wants us to aim at, to really strive after God, amen? To go after him with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And then he says, his, get, let's get his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God. God is calling us to put on his righteousness that our attitude and our character reflects Jesus. This is what we're called to do. Not just say, oh, I'm a Christian, and then go off and be that mean-spirited person that we've always been. No, we, go, we come to Jesus and we say, I'm going to put on the attitude and the character of God. I'm going to put on love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. See, we put on that character of God. He doesn't say, I'm going to give it to you. It's in you. He, when you come to Jesus, he gives it to you. You get filled with the spirit, you have it in you. Now it's up to us to put it on every day that we get up in the day and we say, hey, I'm gonna walk with Jesus. And I'm gonna open my mouth and he will fill it. I'm gonna share. This is what God's asking for us. This is where he's taking us to. Not just sit in the pew once a week or sit in a chair once a week. But he wants you to grow. He wants you to expand your territory. He wants you to open your mouth and share the love of God with people. And when you open your mouth, he will fill it. Amen. God wants to anoint you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. God wants to anoint you for great things. God wants to bring an anointing on you that causes you to do supernatural things. That's what he's calling us to, each one of us. That we're not just, like I said, come, come Sunday, sit in this, these chairs and relax and have a fun for an hour and a half. But that when we leave here, our mindset is on the kingdom. Our mindset's on God's way of doing things. Our mindset's on God's way of being right. Really fill my spirit today. I'm to anoint your, your hands with oil. Why your hands? So that the power of God would flow out of them. That when you leave this place, that you know that the power of God is there. And that as I anoint your hands, that you'll go out and you'll use that. You'll start believing that God wants to do something in you supernaturally. Instead of just going through your week like, wow, I forgot all about that. That it sticks with you. That the power of God move in you. Because that's what we were created for. That boldness that God wants to bring in you and through you. But before we come, let's just bow our heads for a minute. Dear Heavenly Father, as we prayed today, Lord, we just declare clean hands and a pure heart. And I pray today, God, as we're here and we're gonna anoint people's hands for you, 
to move through them, God. I pray that they would know you first of all. Lord, that their lives would be surrendered to you wholly. And they'd be committed to the cause of Christ. That they'd be born again. Maybe you're here today and say, hey, Pastor Ron, I, I need to make that commitment today. I need to go all in with Jesus. If that's you, just raise your hand and wave at me. I'm going to say a prayer for you. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Need to go all in with Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you for those hands. Why don't we stand together and let's just say this prayer together. Everybody. Dear Heavenly Father, come on, really say it. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus who died for me, was resurrected from the dead, sits at your right hand today. Jesus, wash me, cleanse me today. Forgive me of all my sins.
many people need healing today. You're anointed today to lay hands on the sick so that they'll recover. So if you need healing, anoint yourself today. Anoint yourself today. Father, we decree and declare that by your stripes we are healed. And we pray, Father God, that as we are all in with you, that that manifestation of that healing would come. That, Lord, that people today would be made free from things that linger. And I pray for Scott, God, that pain that's been there. That, Lord, that it just disappeared today in the name of Jesus. I pray for Andy, God, that, Lord, his leg be made whole in the name of Jesus. Is there anybody here got a problem with a heart valve? Anybody here? Is it leaking?
Jesus' name, let it flow. Amen. Amen. Uh, praise God. We can give him a hand. It's all right.